Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, everyone. Today we launched the new M&M series for 2022. I hope that you are as excited about the new year as I am. I have more content rolling around in my head than I'm possibly ever going to be able to get out to you. So I would really would appreciate your prayers as I sort through everything that the Lord has in this blonde brain of mine and really give you exactly what he is directing me to do. Again, we're starting today the M&M series for the new year. Remember, I love M&M chocolate candies, and yet I want to redeem the chocolate candy. We know that it's taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And M&Ms are all over the world. I actually have a bag from Japan and one from China and one from Kenya. I kind of collect these things. And we see them everywhere. And I want to redeem the idea of M&Ms with this series. And when you see that chocolate candy, I want you to think not just of chocolate goodness and maybe a, a hit in the afternoon or something that you enjoy sharing with friends or your children or your husband. I want you to think about meditating and memorizing God's Word. When I talk about this at different conferences, I have a huge M&M bag that I got one time to the M&M store in New York City with one of my daughters. And in it, I, I carry it to my session when we talk about this, just to inspire us to take something that the world has uh, capitalized on, this whole idea of chocolate, and actually turn it into something that makes us mindful of the true taste and goodness of God and His Word. So today we're kicking off 2022, our first passage for this year is Psalm 145. And I chose this psalm because I wanted us to make sure that every one of the passages that we have in our M&M series this year are in line with our focus for 2022, which is focus up. And the best way I know to begin a new year and to actually focus up is to focus on God. The temptation in this difficult, challenging time that we've had the last couple of years, and probably you've got some challenges in your own life, whether it's a health issue or a financial issue or an emotional issue or something going on in your life that is challenging. It's very easy for us to focus down on all the stuff that's going on around us in our lives. But the challenge truly is, in order to really be the sons and daughters of the risen king that he has called us to be, we really are challenged to focus up. And the best way I know to do that when things are hard is to praise him. So I have chosen Psalm 145. There are many out of 150 Psalms. There are many that I could have chosen on this theme of worship. 
but this one really jumped out at me. Remember, this series is going to be over on the membership site exclusively going forward, but this month on the podcast, I wanted to give you a taste of what that series looks like, hoping that you will join us because not just will the, this teaching be over there on the membership site, but there will also be PDF downloads that you can print off so that you can actually get into this. I talk about this on a different podcast, just the process through which I go and different tools that I use. I talk to you about marking passages of scripture, and I want to show you this. You'll notice that I've marked this passage. I printed it off, and this is available to you. And you'll notice that the primary color on this print-off is actually blue. And the reason that's true is because I use a blue highlighter to mark every reference to God. I want to remind you that the Word of God is about God. The Gospel is about God. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus to lay down his life as the perfect Lamb of God on the cross of Calvary to pay your and my sin debt. This gospel, this word of God is about God. And one of the things that I think just jumps off the page as we look at this psalm penned by David is that it's all about God. In the study guide for this passage, I ask questions for you to mark. I think it's so powerful to actually print it off. Some of you are going to have an aversion to actually marking in your Bibles. I actually do both. I print it out like this. I've got a whole notebook of passages that I've studied from time to time, and I love to print them off and just circle and star and draw arrows and make comments all over these pages that I print off. But I actually do the same thing in my Bible. And so I just want to encourage you. There is something about tactically, tact, tactically, sorry, marking in your Bible or marking a printout of scripture that makes you and allows you to see things that you don't see otherwise. I'm also a huge proponent of marking up novels, great classic literature that you read and poetry, but that's a topic for another podcast. In this instance, we're talking about scripture, and I think it's, again, so powerful. You actually take a pen or a pencil and draw lines and allow the Holy Spirit to show you and teach you and make connections. You will find over and over repetitive words and phrases in the passages that you study. And perhaps you've read these passages more than one time, and you never noticed that before, until you go to market. And so that's really the power of taking the time to actually do this. Also, if you remember, the meditative part of this is actually saying it to yourself over and over. So one of the most powerful things also in this study is to print it off, mark it all up, right? But don't just set it aside after you mark it the first time. Dare to go back to it again. And see what jumps out to you the next time you look at it, the next time you say it out loud. Saying it out loud. Remember, we talked about the Hebrew tradition for meditate was actually muttering to yourself, saying it out loud, and repeating these words over and over and over, over a whole month. We're going to have 12 this year. And so you're going to have different passages that you're going to say over and over to yourself. And these passages 
are going to be part of the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in your heart, mind, and soul as you come to love him more completely, more completely as you focus, meditate, and memorize his word. That's what this is all about. And so I'm not going to go through everything in the study guide. There are several questions there for you to consider. It's a great exercise, Mom, for you to do in the morning, maybe as you nurse a newborn, maybe in the afternoon as the kids take a nap. Or maybe you do it at your breakfast table and include your children. Certainly junior high or high school kids, you can make an extra copy and do this with them and show them what it looks like to come back to the same passage over and over and over and over. Look, the word of God is unchanging. But here's the deal. He's changing you and me. We are never going to be able to get everything, to wring out all of the goodness and the glory and the truth. We're never going to be able to wring it all out of the word of God. And there will be times when you come to a passage of scripture that you have read before, maybe as recently as yesterday, and you're going to see something new today because guess what? He's in the process of changing you with his unchanging word. And you're going to find yourself at the same verse again, and you're going to go, I didn't see that before. And here's the good news. It will be not because it wasn't there before, but because you weren't here before. He's changing you. He's transforming you into the image of his son. And he does it through the power of his word. And especially when we dare to sit and soak in a passage of scripture for a long period of time, perhaps over a month. That's what I'm challenging you to do this year, to take this passage and really memorize and meditate on it for the whole month of January. It's going to have an influence over you. So teaching your children to do that could be very, very powerful. And you can print out as many pages as you need to do that. So I want to take just a little bit of our remaining time today to look at just a few of the questions that are in the study guide and to emphasize some really key points. Again, I told you that this is written by David, and some scholars believe it was toward the end of his life. And so if we can just review quickly, and, and you can do a more in-depth review perhaps of David's life, he's really has a remarkable story in scripture. His story arc, as it were, you know, we meet him as a shepherd boy, a young man, the youngest of all of his brothers. Samuel has already anointed Saul as king. Saul does not have a heart for the things of God. And Samuel needs a new king. And God tells Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and to anoint the next king. And he goes through all of the sons of Jesse. And, and Samuel actually, as he looks at each one of the sons, he goes, surely this one's it. Surely this one's it. Surely this one's it. And, and time after time after time, the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, no, this isn't him. Yeah, no, this isn't him. And Samuel goes through all of the sons of Jesse. And God has told him to come. He's come. And these are all the sons. And he gets to the last one and he looks at Jesse and he goes, do you, it, do you have another one? And Jesse goes, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the youngest one. He's out with the sheep. And Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit until he comes. And so they send for the runt of the family, David, ruddy, we learn, who's been out watching over the sheep. Let that sit on you for just a minute. 
we get the majority of the Psalms written by a young man who spent a large amount of his early formative years out in God's creation, watching the sheep. Just imagine that. I've had an opportunity twice now, three times actually, to go to Kenya on mission trip. And one of the things that's stunning to me is we fly in to Kenya and then we drive out to our mission side as we go through the countryside, which is one of my most favorite things to do in every foreign country, is to get out of the tourist trap of the city and actually get into where the people are. One of the things that struck me when we were driving out across Kenya was all of these young men who are still today herding the flocks of their family. Young boys, five, six young boys all alone with all of the herd for the family. And that was David's life. And we know from reading more of his story as David knew what it was like to go against the lion and the wolf to protect The flock, he must have known what it was like to sleep under the stars, to bind up the wounded sheep, to carry them. And this is that David that comes in all hot and sweaty and probably a a pretty stinky mess to receive the oil from the horn of Samuel and be anointed the next king of Israel, having been chosen as a young man who had a heart for the things of God. That's a powerful thing to consider when you consider the rest of this psalm. If you read it through that lens, that this was written by that David toward the end of his life. We meet David as a young shepherd boy, right? Who runs from Saul, serves Saul, runs from Saul for years and years and years as Saul is given over to mental illness and is paranoid and is obsessed, tries twice to pin David to a wall with a spear and misses. And twice, get that, twice David has an opportunity to take Saul's life and refuses to do so, acknowledging that Saul was God's anointed. And it wasn't David's job to take him out. Only God knew the number of days that Saul was to reign as king. And Saul met his end and was killed in battle. And David ascends the throne and becomes the king, the greatest king over the United Kingdom of Israel. We know also that David got lazy. And we know that he fell into sin, not doing what he was supposed to do, right? Doing what he wasn't supposed to do, hanging out with nothing to do. And he committed the greatest sin of his life and had adultery with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and then had Uriah killed, and then was confronted by the prophet Nathan about his sin. And we get Psalm 91. This is the same David who wrote Psalm 91. Uh, I mean, Psalm 51, where he is confessing his sin before God. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. This is that David, right? This is that David towards the end of his life, writing Psalm 145. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. 
They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. So again, I want you to notice that this psalm is all about God. It talks about God using the pronoun your 24 times. And here are some of the things that this psalmist acknowledges. Your name, your greatness, your works, your acts, your majesty, your goodness, your righteousness, your mercies, your kingdom, your power, your dominion, your hand, your ways, your deeds. Do you hear it? David is acknowledging the goodness and the greatness and the worthiness of God. And here's what he says in response to all of these things about God. David writes, I will extol you. I will bless you. I will praise you. I will meditate on you. I will tell of you. I will speak of you. Do you hear the passionate outpouring of David's response to who God is, his worthiness? But more than that, David goes on to tell what other people will do. He says, others will praise you. They will declare your goodness. They will speak of your name. They will utter. They will shout. They will talk. They will make known and they will look. See, the right response to the worthiness of God is praise. And that's the example we have here in this Psalm of David. I want you to also notice that God is an active God. God is an active God. He's not a passive God. And we see this when we look over at verses 14 through 16. It says that God sustains. God raises. God gives. God opens. And God satisfies. Mom, Dad, do you know that? Your God is an active God. He's not a passive God. And all of these actions of God are invitations for our response, our invitations for our engagement. We serve an active God who expects an active response from us to his invitation to participate in what he's doing. That's what he's asking us to do. I also want to call your attention to verses, let's see what this says, verses 14 through 16, I believe, there are attributes, eight attributes of God listed in verses 8 and 9, and then 17 through 18. Here's what the psalmist write, the Lord is, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is merciful, the Lord is slow to anger, the Lord is loving kindness. The Lord is good. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is kind. The Lord is near. 
I just love these attributes of God. These are things God is transcendent. I'm never going to be able to get my mind around complete understanding of who God is because remember, he's completely other. He's transcendent. And yet, these are things that we can know. These are things that we can hold on to. He is gracious. We know that God is gracious in giving us salvation, right? He has given us freely salvation, something we could never earn, never get ourselves. He's given us salvation through our belief in the person of Jesus Christ. God is merciful in granting our forgiveness from our sins. We are wretched, sinful creatures. We cannot ourselves earn his forgiveness. There's nothing in our imperfection, in our sinfulness, we cannot earn our forgiveness. It is in his mercy that he granted it through the blood of Calvary's cross. The Lord is slow to anger. Look, he is so patient with me, so incredibly patient with me and with you. His patience is beyond what we could ask or imagine. He is so patient and is patient with me is what grants me patience with others. Look, if patience is something that you struggle with, I would invite you to step back and consider that perhaps, perhaps you have forgotten the patience of the Lord with you. Next, we know that the Lord is loving kindness. He's generous. His love is abundant for you and for me. It is overflowing. It's never ceasing. He is good, meaning he is perfect. He is holy. And that holy, we know that the Lord is holy and he invites us to be what he is through the transformational work of the Holy Spirit. He is good. He is righteous, righteous in goodness, that holiness, that perfection, all tied up together. You see all the crossover in these attributes. He is kind. What I believe this to mean is he is mindful of you and me. And and you need to know that today. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in today, I want to assure you that he knows. He sees you. He sees you in your brokenness and your woundedness. He sees your hurt. He sees your frustration and your confusion. He sees you at the end of yourself. He sees you desperate. He sees. He is mindful of you in his kindness toward you. And here's the, the last one listed here in this psalm is the Lord is near. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. He is right there with you. Remember the 23rd Psalm? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fill in the shadow of death blank with whatever the most challenging circumstance you're facing right now is. And you can know that yea, Though I walk through that circumstance, that hot mess, that frustrating circumstance, that brokenness and woundness and loss, that he is with you and he is with me. I, I love that. I love knowing that even when the night is so dark and when nothing is working out and when everything feels like it's falling apart, that I'm not in it alone. That even though the silence sometimes echoes, I can know 
that he is with me and so can you. We are assured in this psalm, as we are in the 23rd Psalm, that he is near. He is near. And somebody needs to know that today. I want to encourage you in that, that the Lord is near. And then the last thing I want to highlight here is what the Lord is yet to do. Things that he will still, he's still doing and is yet to complete doing. And that is fulfill, hear, and save. Fulfill his word, his promises. Hear everything that you're yet to say, utter, ask, intercede for, and save. These are things that he has already and not yet completed, right? Already started but not yet finished. As we wrap up looking at Psalm 145 today, I just had to go to my hymnal. You'll know by now that one of my most favorite things is my hymnal. And this hymnal has for years sat on my dryer, and we'll talk about that another day. But as I'm thinking about this, Psalm, and I'm thinking about our theme for this year in 2022 of focus up, and I'm thinking about the importance of the how we focus up primarily means that we lift our eyes up and we praise God because He's worthy. We don't praise God because of our circumstances, we don't praise God because everything's going great. It's not an if then, we praise God because of who He is, in spite of of how crazy everything is or how chaotic everything is or how confusing everything is. We praise him because he's God and he's worthy. And as we determine and as we resolutely praise him through singing hymns, humming hymns sometimes when we can't sing. I have gone through this book more than once, sometimes with tears dripping off my chin. I can't even barely hum the words but they are a bomb for my heart, mind, and soul. As I am in the middle of a circumstance that I just feel like I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And yet, I focus up in praise of the one worthy king of the universe. And he lifts me up. He lifts me up. I'm happy to tell you today that when I was looking up uh, song references to Psalm 145, there wasn't one. There were one, two, three, four, five. So I'm going to give you all five, and then you can latch on to one maybe again. You can use this in your family quiet time, your personal quiet time, your family devotional time. You can find the lyrics. You can get your own hymn book at your church. And perhaps maybe you'll learn one of these new but I promise you, as you memorize and meditate on his word, as you memorize and meditate on this, the words of these hymns, you will be renewed for him day by day. So the five hymns that I found, and I'll tell you which one's my favorite. Praise the Lord is one. The second one is all creatures of our God and King. Third, to God be the glory. Fourth, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And fifth, which happens to be the one I love and I was raised on this, oh, worship the king. The verse reference is specifically Psalm 104 verse 1, but the idea of worship is the same in Psalm 145, which is our focus passage for this month. 
Oh, worship the King, oh, glorious above, and gratefully sing his worship, his wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Moms, I want to dare you. This year in 2022, dare to get to know him. Dare to praise him because of who he is, not, not your circumstances. Don't allow that, don't allow that to be the standard by which you praise the master of the universe, the king of the universe, the Lord, the savior of your soul. Praise him because he's worthy. And then trust and obey him. I'll see you next time. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. I hope you will join us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.